In this episode, my co-host Stephen and I will be discussing the concept of freedom. What are we free to do? Um, how much knowledge, awareness, um, power do we have over ourselves, our thoughts, our environment, and other people? And how much do other people influence and control us uh, through law, uh, parenting, force? I hope you enjoy the discussion. I want to share an idea with you. I thought I could miss use the podcast to maybe develop this idea because I have a hard time. Oh. I have a hard time yeah, doing this on my own. Um, I plan to write a book and, and um, I've been wondering and I'm still wondering what is my passion? It's really difficult for me to just decide what am I passionate about? I don't know. I'm so focused on getting rid of negative things out of my life that I'm not sure about what positive thing I want there to be. And I realized one thing I'm definitely passionate about, and I've always been since being a teenager, is freedom. And so yep. I intend to gather all my thoughts and uh, literature and, and influences that have helped me with my journey to increasing my freedom. There are two kinds of freedom. I think that's usually a good place to start. Um, and I don't know the established terms, but let's let's just call them a uh, freedom from yeah. something and freedom to do something. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, using that should already make it clear um, what I'm getting at. One is yeah. like decreasing captivity and one is increasing capability um, or, or, you know, powers, uh, uh, opportunity, stuff like that. Have you thought much about that topic? Yeah, good going all day about freedom, I think, you and I. Um, it's one of the, again, my, one of my main, main focuses, um, trying to understand what it means to, again, to be free. Mm. Because, like you say, free from something, free to do something. Um, Again, like where to even begin? This is it, it, those those terminology, those two definitions themselves can branch out into a thousand different concepts. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to be a bit focused and not waff waffly here. <laughs> um, so yeah, my, yeah. my my own my I guess my my own uh, experience with it is when it comes to people. Mm -hmm. So my own like control of people and allowing people to be free to do what they want to do without the restraints. So I'm lucky enough to have a lot of people that rely on my opinion or just personality. And I always struggle with what point am I controlling and what point am I influencing or what people control, trying to trying to control me or trying to influence me or allowing me to be free. Yeah. That's definitely an aspect I've thought about. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, already as a teenager, I had issues with the idea that I'm being influenced all the time. And yeah. some, some people even believe they are a product of their environment, like entirely. Um, and I can see where they're coming from. Self. We have... Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. We have uh, very little awareness of what 
causes us to think and behave and decide certain ways. And so self-awareness is a huge thing that I'm working on. Um, once you understand yourself, you understand other people better. And the chaos seems to dissipate a bit uh, that is in the world. Yeah. And vice versa in a way. If you try to understand other people, you end up understanding yourself better as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like not a, healthy to isolate yourself. Yeah, like two sides of the same coin almost. Right. Yeah, we, I believe that every decision we make has an effect on our surroundings. <clears throat> I, I am really opposed to this saying, I don't know if, if it comes from Immanuel Kant, about um, the, the sphere of your free will only goes as far until it hits the sphere of someone else. You know, kind of picturing everyone in a bubble and how big is that bubble? Yeah. That's, uh, and that's just a superficial official illustration of that, but... Um, well, it's a way to visualize it, isn't it? It is, um, but I, I don't even agree with, with the idea. The notion. Yeah. yeah. I well, think, it's, yes. free, it's, it's, again, it's free will only um, internal, because the church talks about it a lot, don't they? In, uh -huh. you know, um, and obviously being raised as Mormons, we, or Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, we are told that, like, the only thing you can really um, choose is how you respond to a situation. Yeah, that's uh, very true. Again, I don't know, again, whether I believe that or not is by the by at the moment. Yeah, I, um, I refuse to believe that in an absolute sense. Yes, I, in I do want to change my surroundings. Uh, you yes, know how, how idealistic people always say, yeah, I want to change the world. <laughs> but that's very unspecific. I, so that means something I, is wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think it's the start to freedom. I think I've actually, giving it some more thought just now, I think if we ourselves are able to, anything that happens to us, able to process and not necessarily have a too great a response the positive negative again i hate those terms but to have an outcome um without going through a process of thinking about it and feeling about it before we make a make a choice then that i think is the key to the beginning of freedom because then you are able to um not have an instinctive reaction that then just causes chaos yeah um, yeah, um, slavery, because yeah, our emotions, we can be slaves to emotions. We can, just, we can be a slave to logic as well, but for most human beings, um, something negative happens to them, they respond to a negative. Again, those terminology, just to keep it simple, like, you know, if someone's angry towards you, most people will either be angry back or run away and cry and hide. How about you do neither? How about you just be, be, be at peace and go, okay, that's their choice to be angry. I choose to be at peace and to be free from a response that causes either harm to someone else or harm to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounded a lot like the fight or flight response that what you were describing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm describing. Yeah, yeah, because that's what so, most people respond with. And yeah. so that's instinctive, like you said. That's, yep. that's something you don't really control. So I wouldn't say it's uh, you decide to respond that way. It's very automatic. And it's the response to the response. Sorry, it's the response okay. to that automatic response. You That's have true. to um, 
know what your response is and then choose what follows. Right. And even if the first response is so automatic that you um, at least feel afraid, you know, before you even become aware of your first response, um, what was I going to say? Like you, you, you never have full control over yourself, but even if all you can do is become aware of what just happened and then go home and, and work on it, yeah. that Let's is practice. It's an exercise. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a long process. Yes. So I want to become more aware of all the subconscious programming as some people call it inside yep. of me and to understand why I re, uh, react and behave certain ways. Um, I've been listening to Bob Proctor a lot. He, his work is helping people with exactly that. And he, he is so professional that he, he doesn't even prepare all that much for his courses he, because he's been working on this for decades. Um, he comes up with amazing examples all the time. Like, like um, you know how a, a teenager does something stupid and then you ask, the parent asks them, why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> you know that, that's very common. But yeah. it, it doesn't go away. We're the same way. And then when someone asks, well, first of all, we no longer want to answer to anyone who asks, why did you do that? Because we feel entitled. And now we're the big ones who get to make all the mistakes without any accountability. Yeah. Um, but then when you do get asked, your brain gives you an excuse, you know, a, a false reason, because your brain lies to you, wants things to stay the same way, and therefore gives you a false reason that seems plausible. And then when someone, when someone questions that again, then you get angry because you no longer have this, this yeah. pseudo reason. Yeah. yeah. Again, you feel justified. It's uh -huh. a common trait in humanity where again, brain, body, whatever mind comes up with again, a reason for this behavior that justifies yourself of that behavior. And if someone contradicts that, then you're like, Mm, no. <laughs> yeah, you must be wrong. Yeah. Again, so, this whole wrong and right thing throws me. Because so few oh, things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a huge question that we have mentioned before. <laughs> Especially when it comes to freedom. Mm -hmm. Because again, like you have we have laws, we have that you know, we have things that can make you end up in jail. It's the complexity of our legal systems these days is so redundant because it just loopholes left right and center yeah. um and people that create um, commit murders and stuff go, go, can get off free and yet someone that again we've talked about before steals like some truth from digital information can spend the rest of their lives in prison and there's a really warped concept of freedom from those higher up so again how do we as individuals um i guess be free from that kind of thing and free to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know enough about history and law to know how the concept started. Um, I was at the place in Iceland where the first European parliament was supposed to have happened <laughs> in oh, wow. uh, 480 or something. Um, anyway, but I, I, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Legality and let's say ethics or morality are, are, diverging more and more because legality, you know, lawyers, courts, judges is more and more about rich people staying rich. Yeah. You know, keeping their access. Even, 
yeah, even things like crossing the road and wearing a seatbelt, mm-hmm. like why are their laws revolved around something so that should be so autonomous and the responsibility should be on the individual? Yeah, like, I like that question. It, again, it's, it's the seatbelt thing is responsible because the driver is responsible, but technically it should be the individual that's responsible. Right. In my yeah, opinion. yeah let, let's go into that question. Um, so in, in America, the libertarians uh, have a big interest in this question. And they say about drugs, for example, that you should be allowed to harm your own body because you're not harming anyone else. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get too much into one example since they are complex, but um, if a parent is driving the car and their six-year-old child doesn't want to wear a seatbelt, should the parent be allowed uh, to force them or, or to say, you know, I'm not driving you unless you put on the seatbelt, something like that. Not something yeah. extreme like I'm going to kill you unless you wear a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. But, but should the parent have some authority? You know, we've talked about parenting before. And the, yeah. the, the last thing that I remember from that is parents are big children <laughs> and they don't always know what's best, <laughs> what's best for other people either. Yeah. Yeah. It gets more complex when it's to do with children. Like if it's adults, then it's less complex because with children, um, you have the idea of accountability and age of accountability and how yeah. much they understand because a child at six does not understand really that what death really is and what could happen if they splatter against the seat whereas right. an adult does and so the adult should be if an adult's in the back seat and they don't wear a seat belt i think in this country it's the driver that's responsible i think so and it's too. like yeah. And it's and it's like why that that person in the back chose not to wear again we go on all, all day blah blah it's more complex than that but it's just a fascinating um, concept about freedom where even these little things because we always think about big things again like um, stealing murder um, that kind of stuff but actually when it comes to simple things how f- much freedom do we have? Yeah. Um, but um, an- another thing you reminded me of is. Um that government often sees adult citizens as children. So one um, reason that some people put forth for us having a law is that we don't know what's good for ourselves. And therefore we need someone to protect us from our own mistakes, which is a lot like a parent forcing a child to do what's right for them. And and so does that make sense? Because a government is made up of people as well. <laughs> it is not some some overarching uh, instance. Uh, I mean, they, they try to um, consult with um, experts, scientists, or whatever, and that can be a good idea. But I don't think that's good enough. I I don't think it works the way it it ideally does in in people's minds. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, lately I've also been questioning government and law a lot. Uh, maybe for one year now, I've been um, studying a lot on the topic of anarchy and anarchism. Yes, yeah. No, I think I think I have a lot of my roots in what would be classed as anarchy, anarchism, whatever the word is. Yeah, I'm not sure if there is a big difference, but um, 
I like to use both words because the word anarchy often gets used in a totally different way than I mean it. So yes. I would say it has two meanings. One is what the mainstream news uses to, to when they want to put down the concept of anarchy. They say, oh, it's, it's when people riot and they just lose yes. control over themselves. And just Which chaos is not everywhere. what it means at all. Yeah. 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 Uh, one way that, that anarchists that I follow online um, differentiated is anarchy is not the absence of rules, but the absence of rulers. <laughs> yeah. It's more of an open system than a closed system. Yeah. Like governments are very closed systems, whereas anarchy should be very open to um, multiple options that are available. Yeah, I think it would help. I think it would be one step in the right direction if people would govern, govern themselves more locally. So yes. if, if I had a personal connection with the person who is over me in charge of something, and so that I know that I gave this person whom I personally trust the right to decide about this, you know, yeah. some local police force, for example, or just someone who's in charge of our internet or something like that. Yeah. And then I, um, I would be a lot more comfortable with them making decisions over me. And I would have to willingly give them authority. I would have to pass my right, my freedom for something onto someone else. And yep. that, that isn't always a bad thing. That can be a good thing because we're too busy to take care of every, all of our needs. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, delegating. Yeah. Delegating freedom and choice is a perfectly acceptable thing when it comes to this kind of stuff because we can't do everything ourselves as you say it reminds me i think we talked about it last time or in a previous podcast i had a friend who very articulately um broke down the difference between like now and like 200 years ago in terms of the country's uh, representation and how you'd have the 400 whatever people in parliament covering x amount of people and that's now like 10 times as many people they're representing. Mm -hmm. Those indiv individuals are representing so many more people and therefore can't get to know the constituents and what they actually want and all that kind of stuff, which is bizarre that it's not adapted, that the system hasn't adapted with the population growth. Um, yeah. yeah, it's going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, there, there should be more localization. Um, so globalism or globalization is one way that this movement has been going on for decades. Um, I, I first of all think of economy when I hear the word uh, globalization, so that yeah. we have manufacturing in China and then, and then selling the products uh, for a lot more than, than the manufacturing cost uh, in the West. Yeah. Cheap labor, high profit. Yeah, so that's not a great thing. And we lose a lot of the manufacturing jobs here in the West. Um, but the, the more frightening thing, I think, is the centralization of power that comes with that movement. And I think, well, what I hear from British friends, the, the reason that they like Brexit is that they felt less of a connection to the European Parliament than to the British one. They felt mm -hmm. uh, they could not trust the European Parliament to represent them as much as the British one does. 
Now, I don't think that the British Parliament represents the British people <laughs> any more than the European one does, but I get the sentiment because this is putting more power in less hands. Yeah. And I was um, happy to hear you mention last time that we chatted offline um, that you're familiar with the New World Order. Yes. Yep. So what does that mean for you? I'm not so familiar with it. Okay, well, my, my understanding is that for even since the dawn of time or some period in our history, there has been a group of people who have understood the dynamics of control and population um, action and reaction enough to be working towards the ultimate control of humanity where they have all the power this new world order or this you know uh, entity of pe people and they currently influence or they have been influencing and try to influence um everything in a way that will lead to again them having centralized power um and humanity basically yeah be slaves producing consuming so that again whether it's money whatever goes to these mm -hmm. people and the power ultimately power and influence mm -hmm. you know there's, i don't know if you've ever seen have you seen mr robot tv show mr robot a few episodes yeah yeah like they go really into it quite a lot into the third fourth well into each season um and it's very fascinating what they cover um and how they cover it all um and again i don't know if i believe or not like it makes sense that there would be like if if like if you look at the way the world is going and globalization and all the things that are happening, it would make sense that there is some situation, entity, whatever, influencing us to slowly give up our freedoms one by one over time. Like V for Vendetta, the film, is another yeah. prime example that covers it, The Matrix, they all cover it. Yeah. And the irony is that these things probably actually have cre been created through the dynamic of the new world order to appease us appease those of us that want the change so we feel we know how to make the change but we don't make the change so like oh yeah we from dead matrix they'll talk about you know rebelling against the system where all these different things are probably actually in place created to um subdue us because it vents that emotion if we didn't get that outlet of seeing those things mm. it would probably build up more and more and more to actually try to make a change more. Again, just these aren't necessarily my direct beliefs, they're just philosophies, that, um, ideas that come into my head yeah. when I think about this type of thing. What about, yeah, you? What about your views? It, it makes sense us? because they're not independent films, right? They, they had to go through Hollywood to create those films and therefore there is some control over that. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I've watched a lot of material on the topic. Um, I mean, I, I said I'm not familiar with the New World Order because I, I don't know what what is part of it and what isn't. Uh, it is a term that gets thrown around, but James Corbett is really good at documenting um, trends that he notices. And we are like um, a frog in a boiling pot, right? That the yeah. change is so minute and we get appeased, like you said, um, that we are um, distracted enough to not do anything about it. Yeah. Um, but sometimes people are just shocked with, with a huge 
thing that they never expected was happening in the background. And then the, it's their choice. It's, it's the, the blue or red pill uh, decision. Yeah. Do, you, do you want to find out more about it or do you um, reject what you heard? And safety versus struggle. Yeah. So, and this is something that everyone does. I, I don't, I never want so to that, say that, that I'm immune to this. Um, oh, I do it all the time. It's a natural reaction to pick the easy, safe path. Yeah, yeah. De denial, that's the word I was looking for. So when, when your brain gets confronted with something outlandish, you know, that just doesn't fit your model of the world, then you deny it. And that, that's an automatic reaction, like we said earlier. And it might take some time to accommodate the new information rather than suppressing it and, and finding arguments against it. You know, there's a bubble chamber for everything mm -hmm. <laughs> and only sub subscribing to certain YouTube channels and, and people on yeah. Facebook that, that confirm your bias, therefore called confirmation bias. And then it's up to you personally, whether you will open yourself and study on that topic or just reject it. And it's really difficult because we're in an information age and we are flooded with information. You can find convincing arguments for both sides on every topic. Yep. Today I watched a documentary called Plandemic. Have you heard of that? No. Um, I actually... That's, that's, that's a good title. I like that title, <laughs> Plandemic. That's... Yeah, I wanted to see, is there any really high quality material on the theory that the pandemic is uh, man-made or at least in part, like, does it have a certain agenda? And, and so I had heard the word and then I entered it into YouTube and I got lots of counter videos saying why, why the, the pandemic documentary is false and yeah. why it's fake and wrong science. And so I thought, okay, I want to watch this documentary. And it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't easy to find. I actually only found part two. I couldn't find part one on YouTube. I had to go to BitChute to find part yeah. one. But uh, I thought the video was really well made. Obviously, it uses effects to make things more emotional, more dramatic. Oh, yeah. But, but I try to stay aware of that and think it is a good thing because we don't just live on an intellectual level. Some people are just more um, approachable on an emotional level or symbolic, you know, colors, stuff like that, stories, uh, first um, person uh, reports. And then when I finished watching it, I, I also watched some counter videos. So that was really interesting. And I like that there's, I'm always of the opinion that it's, it's good for there to be more information than less as in um, the, the way to counter false information is to publish more good information rather than suppressing it. Uh, I am um, into my head a few things we've just been saying. Um, it might be a little bit of a tangent here, but I'll try and bring it back around. And again, that's to do with um, how much, how, how can we make viable choices so you talk about good information bad information about a scenario my biggest problem is that i often don't make a choice about an opinion on things so i say well that's plausible there's information there that say that i accept that that's possible or i say ah, it doesn't seem possible but it could be possible yeah and i don't actually give myself a, i actually believe this 
I have this opinion because I find it very difficult to do that because I don't feel like I have enough data and enough information to say I have an opinion on certain things, like a lot of things. That's being super honest with yourself. Yeah. And um, I often have, again, tangent here, but issues with um, free will because how many choice, how much of our choices um, are actually based on all the data, enough, enough information to make them a choice, to make them a, a viable choice. So my example is I can go out today and um, actually, I don't know, I have a better example. Um, I can't think of one. If I, want, if, I, if, I, if I want to make a choice and I have all this select data in front of me that I'm using to make this choice, just subconsciously or consciously, just in my brain, in my heart, whatever. And then a, something left field that I didn't think of or feel of comes and completely throws my choice into chaos. There was no way that Stephen as a mortal being that's not able to see t past, present and future in a way that makes sense could have known that was going to happen. So how viable is my choice that I've made when that situation can happen? Um, marriage is, is, is a prime example. Like if you marry someone, then like how do you know if they're going to cheat or not? Like how do you know that? You expect, expect that they don't, you make that choice and you can go through a marriage for ages and then your partner cheat on you or you potentially get tempted to, to cheat. You could, you know, you might have never thought that would happen. We're all human, things happen. And you look back and you go, oh, what happens if, what, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? What happens if I had done that? You go, you go back in the past, you try and change the past. Because actually at various points, you didn't have all the information to know and prepare yourself for either a temptation yourself or for your partner making that choice. So how yeah. much of your choice is actually like viable? You just have to make the choice and just roll with it in life. That's kind of the point I'm making here, I guess, is that quite often mm -hmm. I don't actually think of too much of consequences of choice because at the end of the day, government get involved in scenarios, people get involved in scenarios, I may do something that I my mental health may drop and completely throw things into chaos. Um, my physical health may drop, throw things into chaos. And then usually in a scenario, I wouldn't make that choice, but because at that point in time, there are other factors involved, boom, changes everything. And so when it comes to what you're saying about information, just to loop it back around, is that, yeah, how do we know we have viable information and good or bad information enough to choose. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, just, <clears throat> so I just choose. <laughs> I just make no. the choice to get on with it. I, yeah, I think that's healthy and, and necessary <clears throat> to get anywhere. I, I remember being stuck for a while, <clears throat> several years ago, with making decisions at all because yes. I wanted to make correct decisions. And I realized that I can't because yeah, of the missing information, like you said or you know, other limitations. And so I tried to make no choices and it yep. was impossible. And so I felt like I'm being forced to make choices, to, to make mistakes. And I still feel that way, but I, it doesn't hurt me as much anymore. Um, you learn to accept it's okay. Like you learn to love the, the, the game, not the game, because that's the wrong word, but the adventure of it. The adventure of just doing something and seeing what happens. 
At least I do, anyway. I'm not it's, there it's yet. So, okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. But, but I am making progress by being okay with the limited freedom that I realize I have yeah. due to a, a lack of information and the, and the possibility of, of being certain that I'm making a right choice. Um, but I read something that, that helped me uh, with that, and that is um, it, it, more important is your intention when you're making a choice. Yes. And, and in, that's also a Christian uh, ideal. You know, yeah. we believe that God judges us by our intention, not by our deeds. Yeah. Um, often when we judge what someone else is doing, we don't know their intention and, and we judge them by the outcome of their yeah. intention and decision, which we would never want other people to do to us. Yeah. And we again, want to be judged by our intention, not, not the results yeah. of our actions. And again, we don't know what's led them to that point to make that choice. We don't know what, why they're making that choice, you say the intention. And we may assume the outcome or see an outcome short term, but longer term outcome, they may have foreseen something that we haven't. And therefore, how do we know? And it's the same with us. There's so many times where I make choices and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I explain it to them. And they're just like, oh, I get that. I see where you're <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, because I necessarily maybe just quickly thought further ahead or whatever. And vice versa, people do it to me all the time. They like, I like, I'm like, are you sure that's the right course of action? And they're like, oh, blah blah blah. And I'm like, ah, that information I didn't have in my head. Fair enough. You make it. You know, I, I always be like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm just, I'm, I like, I say to them, I was just making sure all things were understood by myself and you. Um, because that's happened a lot recently for me. I've got a, a, a new friend that um, has come into my life and they are going for a very, I use the term metamorphosis stage where they're just changing a lot because they're coming out of one scenario in their lives, moving towards whatever comes next. And it's a scary, but um, very developmental process, but in, but, you know, emotionally and uh, mentally. Um, and again, I'm trying not to control them because that's the last thing I want, but I'm trying to give that wisdom or influence to a degree. So they have that on top of what they themselves have because they themselves have, you know, they're freaking smart and mm. uh, super aware. But um, it's, it's more of an invitation, right? You don't say you should be doing this, or yeah. if, if you want your life to improve, you have to do this. Because exactly. you, you never know for sure what's the right thing for them. You can yeah. just, it's, it's you just know, tell them data. your personal experience. And obviously, it's only possible to tell them anything because they give you the trust. They basically give you permission to um, make recommendations. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very special connection. I think we have that one where we are able to just share each other's opinions on things with understanding that we're both just trying to uh, help each other become more aware of scenarios yeah. um, to equal, again, happiness. Because again, like ultimately, the whole Who Am I podcast I think that the who am I equals happiness because if we find out who you are and what you understand about the world, you'll learn to um, yeah, be happy with whatever scenario happens. Yeah, to navigate better yeah. through this life. Yeah, th there are times when you say something that I think is wrong <laughs> or, and, then yeah. I, and then I guess the first thought that pops into my mind is, hmm, what information is he missing that I have? Um, yeah, and then, then you give it to me and it helps me. Like, this is, again... But, but at I'm, the same time, um, I mean, since it's you, it's, it's easier to do this. With, with anybody, it's not easy for me. Um, 
with you, I can also quickly think what information does he have that I don't have, which is a lot harder, you know, than, than trying to convince someone else of your perspective. Um, and when you said that it's, it's always good to keep a, a window open for the possibility that you've been misinformed or, you know, that you've just gone down a, a path that could turn out to be wrong. Uh, you reminded me of this quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald, an artist is someone who can hold two opposing viewpoints and still remain fully functional. Let me know how, let me how that, know how that goes, because I can hold two <laughs> opposing uh, thoughts or whatever, whatever it was you said, um, but I don't know if I'm fully functional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, to a lot of people, it's cognitive dissonance when, when they're confronted with, with two things that sound plausible and convincing, and they're incompatible with each other. Yeah. Some people cannot handle that and just, you know, just want to leave the situation. Yeah. Well, it's conflict, isn't it? Internal conflict. Yeah. Where it, where it doesn't need to be. Like we talked about earlier, positives and negatives. It doesn't need to be a thing in those terms. It can just be, it can just exist. Yeah. I, I want there to be harmony in everything, at least in my mind. <laughs> of course, yeah. But it, does, it doesn't seem to work that way. And so it's something I, I try not to stress about anymore. Yeah. And since uh, I'm since I'm a scientist and like to think about things logically and in intellectually, I, there was a time when I when I was thinking about researching or you know changing my research focus and and figuring out a, a mathematical language that does allow for things to be in harmony. You know, that takes subjectivity into account, for example, that, that nobody's model of reality is complete. And that explains how um, opposing viewpoints can exist. But that's a constantly evolving universe. The universe is constantly evolving. Like yeah, in its the, own way. The only constant has changed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's not even missing information in people's heads that, that bring about um, disharmony. It's, it's the nature of the universe itself. So when I went down this rabbit hole for a while, I, I learned about quantum theory and learned that uncertain, like a, a state of a system, of a physical system is uncertain, not only be, uh, from the perspective of someone. So it's not just that their mental model of the system is incomplete or, or you know, in, in several states at the same time, how some people like to call it, it is, ontologically, you know, even objectively independent of how other people think about it in several states at the same time or, or in an uncertain state. That, yeah. So there's, there's cognitive uncertainty and then there's ontological uncertainty. And that is really hard to wrap your head around. So I think that kind of helped me to get off that path <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and not, not try to find a way to make yeah. sense of disharmony. I think that's it. Like, it, it doesn't make sense, and it's okay that it doesn't make sense. Like, that's yeah. that's what I've come to learn. Like, again, we're trying to make sense of things, but but by realizing that we can't make sense of it, it then makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's 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 once you accept that process, um, it's very again very freeing, very liberating, um, because you that's you true. learn to have a broader a broader perspective and you become more one with, it, with with just your surroundings like the universe in my opinion like I, that's what i felt anyway where i just feel again a harmony with disharmony like it's just part of the process 
I think I have trouble um, letting go and just allowing things to be the way they are without me understanding. And I imagine that's because I feel afraid that something will happen and therefore I need to understand everything so that I can predict the future. Yeah. It's also our own desire to control. Like we yeah. have internally, we should be allowed to control our own circumstances. That's the freedom <laughs> that we want. Yeah, we do. And want that, but... we, 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 some of us want it more than those. Actually, some people don't want it. Some people want to be led. Some people want to just follow mm-hmm. and, and it make and it made, made easy for them. Um, whereas others like ourselves, you know, we actually do want the hard path. We want to, I mean, some days we don't because we just, it's exhausting, but mm-hmm. inherently, our nature is to want to have freedom to control our own destiny. And often, as you use the term, let it go, is what we need to do. We need to learn to let go of that control. It's a very, very Buddhist mentality, very mm-hmm. Eastern European, Eastern Asia and stuff, mm-hmm. um, Oriental um, scenario, where they teach that. Like, um, I was talking to a friend about um, the artwork that a lot of I guess the shaman monks or some some aspect of Buddhism and all that um, tend to do, where they make this, they spend a week or longer making these like sand pictures, Manda- mandalas, mandala, man- mandalas, whatever they're called, and they spend all this time all mandalas. day just yeah, yeah just <laughs> not, not the South African president, mandala. not the South African president. No, <laughs> um, I always get those like confused. It only they've has mandal- the, then, the then, then you've got man- then you've got Mandalorians, and that just gets it all confusing. <laughs> okay. Good old Star Wars. Um, and they made this beautiful tapestry of just like sand, different colored sand. Mm. And it's so intricate and beautiful. And then they literally just, no, no pictures are taken, nothing's mm. taken, they just wipe it clean. So you go through that massive creative process and all that energy and effort. And then you just, you accept that it's okay to just let it all go. You've done the creation process and now it no longer exists, but it existed. But it exists within you. There's again loads of just different um, metaphors, whatever. But she was like, "What? They just get rid of it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's beautiful." She's like, "No." I'm like, "Okay, we're not there yet." But like, so that's always been something that's hit home with me, um, where like that thing, and then you've got in like the film Fight Club. There's a lot of um, scenes where it talks about letting it go. Just let it go. Mm. Like, stop trying to control everything. Sometimes you just have to just let it go. And once you do, again, for me personally, it's just, like, it has felt freeing. I get myself into a little trouble sometimes because I'm not um, being as conscious of consequences probably maybe I should still be. Mm. But I feel there's a closer balance to, um, yeah, just acceptance. Of, um, yeah, I like the thing with the mandalas too. Um, the because things, some things are just um, what's it ephemeral, or you know they don't have any lasting value if you think about it hard enough. And it's more about the actual experience and what you take with you inside of you. Yeah, and that's life. Yeah, that, that's a helpful thought. I, I once gave a talk on responsibility, and started out by saying some people take too much responsibility and some take too little. And I'm the former type. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, when I, it's because I often feel responsible uh, for, for too many things. So for example, the behavior and decisions of other people. 
because yeah. a part of me thinks falsely for the most part that I could have prevented that if only I had gotten that person's trust and taught them how to make a, a better decision. Yeah. And I don't know if that, that's just my, my brain talking unrealistic. No, no, it makes sense. I've been there. I've been there so many and I still am. Again, it's not like I've suddenly figured this all out. It's part of the ongoing process. The metaphor I use now is just holding people's hands. Mm -hmm. Like literally we like, I used to try and do, give like, give, take on board more wisdom. Cause again, I'm always just trying to be a sponge but also give more and help people more. But now I've kind of realized that you can't, like you just can't, it's not part of the process. Um, you literally have to just be beside them or behind them, or whatever, or in front of them to just guide or catch or hold their hand. Because if you try to influence too much, like they'll, they'll not listen and they'll actually probably hate you for it. And, um, repel against what they appear to be control yeah or what they assume to be control so the the opposite when someone takes too little responsibility is laissez-faire laissez uh, you just believe that everything that will happen is supposed to happen that's one way that people put it and i think it's an excuse i i just it just doesn't feel right to me yeah uh, like they, they feel like i can't control everything therefore i shouldn't try to control anything and they don't take responsibility for themselves. They don't try to improve themselves. They maybe sometimes. But maybe, but maybe they find the way they are. I mean, this is again, it's, it's con the conflict is hilarious. The constant yeah. contradictions. It doesn't go well with, with what I'm trying to do, but I can yeah. learn something from these people as well. Because sometimes uh, someone might appear very irresponsible to me because they, they just work a very different way. So people who are highly intuitive um, don't use their rational mind as much as I do. They just trust their, their inner mind. Um, not sure how to describe it because it's not so natural for me, but I'm trying to work on it. Um, they just ask their, their inner mind, uh, what is the right thing to do? And they get an answer and they go with it. They don't know how that answer came about. They don't know what axioms the calculus <laughs> yeah. was based on to arrive <laughs> at that conclusion. It just happens entirely subconsciously. And I think, whoa, that's so irresponsible. I would have to know at least a little bit about the process of arriving at that conclusion in order to have any trust in it. But that's just something that I am working on. It is kind of the opposite of my, um, of, of the strength that I started yeah. out with. Obviously, it, the ideal is, a, is a, the best of both worlds. Bingo. That's what, yeah, that's what I was going to go on to just say a little bit about is how um, it's not necessary. So in my head, I was going, I was thinking about things like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's a 10% uh, proactivity and 90% laissez-faire, or maybe it's the other way around. And then I'm like, well, no, it's, it's at any given point, it can be any percentage yeah. ratio. So sometimes you have to be 100% proactive in a situation. Other times you have to be 100% laissez-faire. It just depends on the scenario. And that's, I think, you know, I've talked about it qu quite a number of times. Again, the specifics of a scenario. And that's the hard part. That's the next level. That's like the highest level, pretty much, that we're all kind of aiming, well, I personally am aiming for. But at any given time, um, for an optimal response, um, for me, again, for me, and maybe for others, but, you know, we've got to love ourselves and look after ourselves first. 
um, to be able to know which one is most optimum. Yeah. Um, I haven't thought about this too much, but I just realized that the bigger the decision is, the more um, types of decision making I use. So big life decisions uh, about relationships, jobs, moving, I will want to feel certain about them. And then I will use my rational decision making. How do I feel about it? You know, what emotions? Uh, I will go more spiritual and, and try to feel good about the decision in, uh, in my spirit. And I want those to align before, yeah. before I make a big decision. Um, and then small decisions that where it doesn't matter so much if I make a wrong decision or not, I'll be faster. Like I'll make them more instinctively or, you know, depending on what, what area they're in, if they're job related, then usually rationally. Yeah. Well, the consequence doesn't, isn't as great as you say, yeah. like the consequence itself, you can do it instinctively because eh, shrug shoulders. If, um, I pick the chocolate bar that I don't actually want necessarily, but just pick it and then get home and be like, oh, it wasn't actually what I wanted. I wanted the other chocolate bar. Doesn't matter. You've still got a chocolate bar. Uh, yeah. But yet, a big choice. You just, yeah, like if you get the wrong job, well, again, wrong. Who says it's the wrong job? Like, how do we know? Again, what's best for us? Sometimes just going ahead and doing and seeing what happens. Wow, yeah, you just opened several big topics that we could get into another time, like choice or the illusion of choice, yeah. and right and wrong, and uh, what else did you say? Uh, oh, um, how subjective something right or wrong is. So sometimes, is it right or wrong for me? And I believe that there are also more objective right and wrongs. So, because some things most people will just agree on are wrong, like murder. Yeah. yeah. And then how is that possible? Because how is it possible that we agree on something <laughs> at all in this world? <laughs> but it's, I don't know why. Anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a question for now. That, yeah, I think, I think we can clip that and just think about it over the next little while. Well, when I edit this, I will make some notes <laughs> for the future. Yeah, sounds good. And also for my book, like I said, this is uh, one of the purposes for, the, for these coming episodes yeah. will be to help me gather um, material for good. a book on freedom. I'm thinking about uh, calling was... it Freedom Creators or something, just to, yeah. to put the emphasis like on, on our personal responsibility to create freedom. Boom. Yeah, I like that. I really, really, I, I, and in fact, I love that. That's... <laughs> brilliant that's uh, i'm all i'm buzzed about this i'm excited <laughs> and um, maybe you can help fact. me about writing in general you mm, have, have you only best. written fiction so far um i've written a lot of um i've got various uh non-fiction stuff written down i have different topics that i you know and not published um, right yeah not published just written yeah. essays about or um quotes and stuff on different topics um that intrigue me. Mm -hmm. You just reminded me of, of doing this in, in, in uh, portions. Might be another good strategy, you know, blogging about it first and then um, compiling it into a book. I'll think yeah. about that since our website doesn't have to be only for podcasts. Yeah. 
Uh, that's probably a good way is um because again the whole how do you you know eat an elephant little bite at a time blogging and writing about it just little topics subtopics will before you know it you'll have half of the what you want already done because if i if i went back over all the like blog stuff that i've written over the last 10 years the word count must be in quite substantial Hmm. um so didn't you write a blog about writing uh yeah so still still still, still ongoing so yeah like every so often i don't i like twice a year put up a uh post about what's going on but um but but from day one it was much more like a this is what i'm learning this is what i'm going through sort of blog so that can be what you do is you just yeah as you week by week month by month go through different thoughts about freedom and your own experiences because again part of the book could be personal experience part of it can be just like um quotes Part of it can be um, other people's experiences. Part of it can be just like uh, academic. Again, all these different options that you have. Again, it's yeah. your choice at all. But um, how I'm you also, want to structure it. Yeah, I'm also thinking about um, collecting uh, inspirational material. So yeah. since I am spending more time watching um, what other people say on this topic, I could at least yeah uh, file their youtube videos or something yeah create create a file and dump everything that you like looked at into a file so you have it there and can extract from it mm-hmm. um and then i'm really not, not good at storytelling um even though everyone experiences things that that could be told in a story i yeah. it, it's really hard for me to think of my experiences that way so maybe i'll need help with that and maybe i'll just try to find other people's stories that fit with the topic yeah, just examples. I don't Again, know. this is a good, it's a good start. You've got a good start, and you've got an idea. Um, so this is how it all starts, really. But again, I love that Freedom Creators. So really good, something like that. Because um, again, personal responsibility. Because mm-hmm. um, again, people need to wake up. People need to wake up, and people are waking up. They're waking up to the like as the decades go by. There's again the polarization. Some people are going deeper and deeper into sleep because they're just scared and don't mm-hmm. want to get involved and again denial. Then other people are getting more and more woken up to the fact that there's something wrong um, about our current society and state of um, the yeah. system. Yeah, I want to contribute to that as well. Yeah, uh, but isn't it interesting to see that when when we look, for examples of, of people who have woken up. Who, who have made progress, we, we can tell that I want to be more like him because <laughs> he seems more relaxed. Uh, he seems free. to have a lot of purpose in his life. Yeah. What is he doing? And, and people who I look up to in that way have done a lot of the same things. So this whole notion that whatever you do has to be right for you and there are a million different ways of doing the right thing doesn't, doesn't seem to jive with that. You know, there seems to be a common path that a people pattern. take yeah. in order to become more free and and well, the path is semi-similar, but the end result the end result's the same, okay. um, potentially. But the path, in terms of specifics, are different. But there are points of interest opinion. I'm saying it as if it's a fact, but opinion um, that um, revolve around the same scenario same ideology 
So yeah, same. So the circumstances are different. Yeah. Um, but some of them aren't. Again, it, it blends. It, it mixes together. Some aren't. Again, potential poverty. Points. Yeah, potential poverty, struggle of some kind, mental health struggle of some kind, potentially physical struggle of some kind, um, a loss, a grievance, sparks the fire to yeah. then want change, um, and then they go through a process of how do I make that change, and then they figure out again, even though they may not necessarily agree with it, there's a financial thing involved. So. They go down that line, they make their money through again through housing or through um, land or oil or science or computing, whatever that fits their boat or writing to be free to get their income come in. Once you get that income, you could then, in this system that we live in, have more freedom to affect the world around us. <laughs> <laughs>